Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for ITAM, SAM and software licensing professionals. Hi everybody, thank you very much for joining me on this latest ITAM Review Podcast. I am, as always, Rich Gibbons from ITAM Review. And joining me today for a very interesting conversation, uh, I'm joined by Fabian Guccera from USU. So, Fabian, if you could just uh, say hello, introduce yourself, and we'll get started. Sure. Hi, Rich. Um, and thanks for having me here. Um, so, as Rich introduced, uh, my name is Fabian. I am working for USU now. Since over eight years, I'm in the IT asset management area. I'm supporting our customers um, with IT asset management tool implementations mostly. Um, today, I'm responsible for our solution sales um, engineer team in the area of IT asset management, um, but went through a couple of stations, uh, did uh, consulting work um, for IT asset management. Um, also, I'm often uh, traveling to the different uh, IT asset management events in the name of USU to support our um, customers or prospects uh, with everything they want to know about um, yeah, IT asset management, software asset management, and um, everything else. So, Rich, first question for me is always, how was your week? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been good. It's been busy, as, as always. Um, but um, so, some interesting things out and about in, in the industry, uh, particularly relevant for our conversation today, which is always nice. Um, so one thing that I saw was Standards & Poor, the credit rating agency in the US, um, they recently released a report talking about ITAM and how it's fundamental to cybersecurity. Um, and in the report, it, it went so far as to say that from their perspective, if you, you know, if you have poor ITAM processes or if it's not connected into your cybersecurity processes, that that will potentially uh, impact the credit rating that they will give a business. So it's possibly the, you know, the, the clearest indication to to non ITAM business people, you know, just how important IT asset management is to an overall business. So I, I was uh, oddly excited to read that actually. <laughs> um, so so yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Uh, I don't know what what your thoughts are on on that kind of thing, Fabian. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, you told me about that in our in our short preparation um, before that podcast, and I was going like on the one hand side, oh wow, this is this is really um, yeah really a, a big thing on the one hand side, and the other side I was thinking about, hey wow, this is a great article for our item managers out there because if you can use that article as a baseline of your work and say, hey look, this is how my work and i mean we all know that especially in the item area we are we are sometimes seen as 
um, how they're just spending money, slowing the business down, and and doing uh, some things uh, that 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 hinder us in in achieving our our nice and fast IT business goals. But um, taking that into account, that it's so important to 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 look into um, the item, uh, I think is is a great value for everybody within the within the item industry. It it gives a, a great push um, forward um, because. At the end, a rating of of S and P um, is something that is not only relevant for, for 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 a small IT area. It's it's relevant for the whole business and and for everything that you do. Yeah. Absolutely, and I, I would say you know where as an industry, you know we're, we're trying to show that ITAM is more strategic and you know it's integral to a business success, etc. Um, and of course, ITAM people would say that. Uh, but this is, you know, this is someone, you know, well-respected third party, no relation to the ITAM industry, you know, also saying that point. So, so as you say, I think if an IT asset manager, you know, if you talk to your executives and you, you know, and you say, look, I need to do these things to help us with our, you know, ensure that our, our S&P rating is um, is safe. Obviously, it won't work for all industries, you know, only certain companies. But if you're in one of those, this is a, a fantastic way of linking what you do every day to the, the overall business goals and, and objectives. And, um, and I think, you know, when it comes to, needing more support budget headcount etc this is probably um a, a very useful tool to, to to have in your uh your your portfolio um and and i, I think you know I've, I've used the word portfolio there um already you know what we wanted to talk about today is you know software portfolio management uh, and i think the the SNP report leads us into that very nicely um because you know having strong item processes is in many ways you know tied to to good software portfolio management um, absolutely so rich absolutely and i mean that's that's exactly what we what we wanted to focus today or, or there we are directly within our within our topic um, and uh, maybe a lot of the the people um, hearing us uh, today, they think about software portfolio management. What is that? Why 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 should I why should I go this way? Yeah. So um, as we see the growing yeah spend of software, basically we see um, we saw the report or we heard about the report that Rich was reading this week. But I mean, if you look into the into the um, press out there. You will see a lot of security um, related topics. I mean, we had Lock4J now two years ago, roughly about, um, and a higher um, yeah, software spread and a higher software um, uh, spend at the end um, is always something that, that where we should have a look at and where we should, where we should look into. And that's why we um, thought about it's a great idea today to talk a little bit about the software portfolio management. So managing basically your portfolio your software portfolio in a proper way you now looking into how can i organize my 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 software portfolio the same way i would i would basically um yeah organize my hardware portfolio my 
service portfolio or whatever I have there. And that is why why we think, or I think, uh, that, that this is really key um, for everyone in the item industry to know what is within their um, within their software portfolio available, what what they what they use within the company, and also um, in the same time then understand um, what are the risks and um, and the and the functions um, this software is used for. Definitely, I, I think yeah, you know it, it's the the starting point for so many things. Um, so I suppose. You know, for for the people listening to us, you know the you know portfolio, software portfolio. Um, you know, is this something that you, as an IT asset manager, you know, do do you define the the portfolio? Do you know? Do you say right? You know, this is what I'm going to manage. Uh, you know, is it just software? Can it include hardware? Um, I I guess a, a kind of you know intro to is it something that if you don't already have a defined portfolio, is it something that you can you know you should sit down and and work out before you get started, or is it something that you know the the business will already know about? And and that's exactly the point. I mean, um, if I am if I am the 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 item manager, I would say. Um, if if I would make my life as easy as possible, I would love to have only like maybe two applications, um, some Microsoft Office stuff, and maybe some some Windows servers, and that's it. And 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 everyone needs to work with those two applications. Yeah, but that's not what a company does, and that's not what happens out there, right? So at the end of the day, we from a from an item perspective, um, we cannot define what functions are needed out there. Yeah? So basically our customers to say so, which is the the, the running business, right? The the people that um that are yeah producing things or um are coding or dependent on what industry you're in, but at the end they have a requirement on functionality, right? And uh, this requirement on functionality is um always or is solved in the IT world. Uh, mostly with software. So that means I have the requirement. I need to, let's give it a really, really easy example. Um, I have to uh, edit PDFs uh, because I'm in marketing. Um, so my requirement is I, I want to edit PDFs. So there's probably a thousand different products from freeware to open source to commercial software out there that allows me to um, to edit PDFs. Um, so I, as a business function, um, I will select the one that is kind of fits the best for me or maybe something I have seen in my previous organization and or somewhere um or somewhere else. Yeah. So the business itself creates the portfolio at that point. And whenever we talk to or when I talk to um the item uh the item experts, they are always in front of an existing portfolio of of of, of software. The idea when you go into a more strategic software portfolio management is now to see, okay, what is there? What do I have? And to also separate a little bit. And I think that's a, that's a very interesting part of that, of that exercise to separate the individual product. So for example, Adobe Acrobat um, to be named and don't want to make your product placement, but I stick with the PDF, uh, with the PDF example, but to, to separate that a bit from the functionality it offers, yeah? to go 
into your business and understand, okay, what functionality is needed from your stakeholders, and then basically build up a software portfolio that is efficient, that is secure, um, that is state-of-the-art for sure, um, but fulfills the needs of the business. And exactly this combination between, um, between being able to support the business here wherever it's necessary, but on the other side, um, giving uh, our internal IT the security, but also the efficiency um, that is that is required within the within the organization, I think is key for the um, for the software portfolio itself. So key takeaway there for me is really try to or when we when we talk about software portfolio management, we have to split the specific software product um, and the functionality um, or the, the the use cases it it covers uh, within the um, within the within the um, uh, business. You know? Right, so that that's very interesting. You made you made several excellent points there, um, uh, and I, I think one one to pick up on is you know this idea of um, you know new applications coming in, and you know to, to what extent ITAM has or, or should have the ability to control you know new applications being introduced because uh, you know we have this historical uh, reputation maybe you know within other parts of our business itam is the the team that says no you can't do this you can't have that um and particularly now in the world of, of SaaS and public cloud you know there are all these options everything moves much faster and you know we don't want itam to um to still have that reputation and for people to try and you know go around itam which is you know, much easier these days um but equally always playing catch up and you know itam just every day you find out there are 74 new video conferencing applications being used or you know, as you say with PDF, you know, someone else is using a, a different PDF tool. Um, is there a, a sort of balance where ITAM says to the business, look, these are some some guidelines uh, as to, you know, if you're before you do something, check if there if we already have a product in the portfolio. Is that setting those kind of processes, is that part of, of good portfolio management as well absolutely and i mean we, we just make i want just want to highlight here yeah we are or the item manager is not doing this because we want to be um annoying or we want to uh kind of hurdle the 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 the, the business to to do their job right if we would have unlimited resources and security would be no no topic um, they can do whatever they want, but that's not the real the real scenario. Yeah? <clears throat> if we look into our business goals overall as a as a company, uh, we need to be as effective as possible. That means that we need to see that we lower our costs, and that includes software. Yeah, we have over twenty percent of of our IT costs are are, are software costs. Yeah, and um, if we want to make them or if we if we want to be efficient at the end of the day and that's counting for the full company um we need to avoid um that uh, that we have for the same functionality 
thousands of different um, of different uh, applications. Yeah, and that brings me a little bit to the to the benefits as well that I want to highlight. If you do a proper um, software or if you do a proper software portfolio management, it's on the one hand side um, the cost aspect, and um, yeah, cost saving is always not kind of great. Yeah, if 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 I personally. Uh, would be completely free. I would uh, live in a very big villa somewhere on on a nice lake or something like that. Yeah, but um, at the end we have to we have to live with the with the with the money we earn as a company, and that also includes our software spends and what we what we spend out there. And that means that there needs to be a department, and that's unfortunately here the item department um, that says, "Hey, is it really worth spending?" so much money in different applications where the functionality, yeah, that's what we want to achieve, that what we, where our business goals are going for could be maybe, um, maybe done with one specific application, maybe a cheaper one, maybe it's just cheaper because you, you're actually uh, purchasing 500 licenses instead of two, or even having some some open source or, um, or or free software available that's there. So that's the one hand side of the of the of the benefit page. Yeah? The other one, and that comes a little bit back to to Rich what you said with the with the S and P and the security topic. Managing a lot of different software is a security risk at the end of the day, right? If I have twenty cars in my garage, right? And every of the cars, they bring me from A to B. Yeah, They have this, exactly the same functionality. But if I have 20 of the cars in the garage, I need to maintain 20 of these of these cars. I need to look for oil. I need to look for uh, cleaning water, for, for cooling water, and so on and so on. The possibility that I forget uh, to refill oil, to, to bring some of them into inspection whatsoever, um, is super dramatically higher if I have 10 cars in my garage compared to if I have one. Yeah? So at the end of the day, it's not only about saving the money because I don't have 10 cars, only one, but it's also about I drive way more secure because at the end of the day, I only have um, that one car that I need to maintain. And that's the same for software, basically. Yeah, If I have 10, 15, 20 different software publishers for for one or two functionalities um i need to update them i need to see is there a gdpr risk um associated with this software um is there some data flowing in some countries that i don't want them to flow um and so on and so on so at the end of the day it's beneficial for the full company um to understand a little bit better okay um what software do i have and to align that portfolio to view where um, yeah, it's more function-driven instead of product-driven um, uh, to 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 maintain this uh, this this full portfolio. Yeah. I mean that that's a fantastic analogy with the the various cars and you know, all the different things that you have to do and you know and you know and you you need to tax them all. You need to have them all insured. You know Absolutely. which. Kind of, you know, takes you onto the side of, you know, license compliance and things as well. Um, but with, with the security side, you know, you mentioned uh, earlier on uh, Log4j. 
um, which I think you know most of our audience will will probably remember. Um, but but for those that don't, the Christmas yeah. that get lost, right? <laughs> for a lot of <laughs> IT departments, Christmas and New Year's Eve, uh, uh, remembering back. <laughs> Absolutely, you know it was. Um, you know if you're not familiar with it, it, it was one one of these kind of uh, open source. Um, vulnerabilities but, but a, a very very severe one that was in lots of, of things uh, and of course you know the the first thing that i think it was in a in an apache library if, if i remember correctly yeah. and, and you know the the first thing as an organization you need to know right how much software do we have that that has this apache element and and you know, and thus are we vulnerable um, and I know for a lot of organisations, you know, that was the hardest part, the the identification of of what's using it. So, I imagine something like that would be, um, you know, easier if that's the right word. With with strong portfolio management, you know, if you can say, you know, right, we only have twelve applications, you know, that that use this rather than we've got you know 307 or i don't know um and so the i don't know is the issue yeah? that's, <laughs> that's exactly the point yeah that that's what i hear the most on the market to be honest yeah? <laughs> and and does that um you know is that a, a case of if you've got you know inventory and discovery in place you know then everything's fine um or or do you is that the kind of baseline for, for portfolio management but then you need to have um you know other things that, that build on top to to help give benefits to the, the wider organization absolutely so it's a very good example yeah and and that's exactly a, a thing that um that's here that's here very important yeah you won't be able to avoid any risks out there uh, and again that's uh, let me let me take that back to the to the to the car topic uh, um if i drive the car i'm immediately set into the risk that i will have an accident uh, and that's the same for software right in the moment you use software you're actually in a risk position you're more in a risk position or less in the risk position and that's exactly the point uh, the 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 thing is not knowing that risk and not understanding that you are in the risk situation, this is where the issue begins. And that basically, to, to drive that back to the Lock4J topic, is really where the differentiator comes at the end of the day. Um, taking our Lock4J example into place, if I have an active portfolio management and I understand what software I am using and what software um, is at the end in my, in my, in my portfolio, uh, I could easily go there and check the portfolio and say, okay, I have these 300 or 500 applications within my company. Um, let's look into maybe some automated um, script as well. Let's look into the database and in this database, where is it all included? Okay, nice. I'm done. Yeah, that would have been a topic of like maybe half a day of effort, um, especially when it's when it's that big with the, with the Log4J. But a lot of customers and a lot of prospects and a lot of people I talked about, they even today have systems they were not able to, 
to plug in again to the internet because they did not get rid of their log4j because they were not sure if it's there, how the application will be updated because they don't have any maintenance contracts anymore with this, um, with this application, but they still need it because somebody is doing something with it. Yeah? And they only get that figured out because they came to that point where this issue happened. So it's a very reactive position. If you would have, or if you have a proper software portfolio management, what happens is you understand that you have there something and that's fine. You can accept risks. You can say, okay, there's a legacy system I'm totally aware of. There is software on it that's end of life, that's end of support. I'll not get any updates on this. It's there. I know it. If there's something happens, I'm able to take the risk and I can work against that risk by migrating it, going it into a different way. But in the moment you're you're you don't know your software portfolio, you don't know what's out there. Um, you will have the issue to to first find what's there, to first understand what's there, and maybe be so unsecure that you have to. And I I had that uh, with discussion with one customer. They cut off all their internet connectivity basically during this log4j issue because they were not sure where it is and where it is not installed. And that makes um, makes your life quite hard. And uh, coming back to the to the business overall, can cut down your business activities um, uh, over everything. Yeah, and um, that's why why these challenges that we that I see personally as well in in a lot of customer situations um, are are quite hard to tackle. What helps uh, is here at the end of the day, again software portfolio management and automating the software portfolio management by supporting it um, with some catalog content by understanding what functionality is out there um, in the um, in these in these areas what um, yeah what what am I using and how can I consolidate on it nevertheless it's an ongoing task that you have to do yeah because there's new software coming there's old software sorted out and so on and so on. So it's important to understand where are my risks? So where is software that is end of life and the support um, as well as where do I have software installed that already has some specific vulnerabilities detected. Um, but it's also important to have that as an ongoing um, task within your item department um, to support in any um, yeah, risky situations like it has happened um, with, the, um, with the Log4j. Absolutely. And I think, you know, Log4J, you know, was one of the big ones, but there are, you know, similar, probably less serious, you know, less widespread security risks happening all the time. Um, and, and, you know, some of them will be more important for certain businesses in certain industries. Um, so I think, you know, having that proactive knowledge and and being aware of of what's happening and and having those processes within the item department with the security team so that you know when something happens it, it's not uh you know you know you're not scrambling around you you already know 90% of the information and you know what to, how to get the the remaining 10% you know what to do with it um, you know, and those are, you know, really that that is something that ITAM does 
for the benefit of the business. You know, it, it doesn't, you could look at it and say, well, it doesn't actually help ITAM particularly. It, you know, it, it's all something that we do to help security, to help uh, other parts of the business, and, and ultimately, you know, to help the, the business leaders and the executives, because, you know, if, if their organization is managing these risks well and efficiently, um, you know, that, that helps with costs, with business confidence, etc. Um, and, you know, you, you mentioned a couple of times uh, as we've been talking about business goals, helping um, with with software portfolio management, helping to drive and, and support business goals. Um, are there, you know, what do you see as being the, the specific ways if you're an IT asset manager and you you know you want to implement portfolio management after listening to to this podcast you need you know you're going to need budget you're going to need support if you're effectively you know pitching to someone internally what are those uh, you know wider business benefits and and how you can support business goals absolutely and what i always go there on a on a quite high level is basically to say okay look a CEO or CAO, they most of the time it, it comes down to three major points they are they are interested in. Uh, the one thing is cost saving or being more efficient, yeah, uh, because that's what um what everyone wants to be. Yeah, saving costs is always something I I listen to as a CIO or CEO. I listen to competitive advantage. So whenever I whenever we can promote something that is um, for our end customers better than the competitor, that's the second point. And the third point is um, being touched or or yeah, basically hardened by security or governance um, risks or regulations they need to fulfill. Yeah? For the portfolio management, I think the two big points are really cost savings and security and governance. Uh, these are the two main business goals you should focus on um, because to be honest, having a real competitive advantage um, by, by doing um, by doing item at all or even the portfolio management is, is sometimes quite hard to, to tell. I don't know why why is my iPhone better than than the Android phone because you're doing item. Uh, it's quite hard to, to, to discuss that. But for the other two, it's really um, it's really important. So on the one hand side, cost savings, you can immediately start to look at lowering your maintenance efforts on the one hand side, but also lowering your license costs because you purchase, as I mentioned before, um, 500 licenses with one vendor, um, but going out of the contract with another one or even being able to use open source software um, is uh, is basically fine. We even did that within USU now because um, we were using... I don't even know if I if I uh, if I should uh, talk about specific manufacturers, but we are using a collaboration platform basically that um, uh, that was now hiring their prices um, quite quite a lot. So we looked into the functions and we found out even within USU and we are only like 700 um, employees, um, we have the same functions covered already by existing technology a little bit. Maybe in, uh, in 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 Office 365, a different part in another um, in another solution that we use, so we could get rid of the full implementation of it. It's a transformation project. It also costs some money, but compared to what we would have to pay for the license fees, 
um, it's it's very nice to 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 get rid of these yeah multiple um, uh, products that are that are used uh, for for or that have the same functionality. So cost saving is one big point, and the other point to catch people is really the security part. Yeah? And it's not only about Log4j. Um, I mean, if if you haven't uh, seen that today, we have so many customers that get um, attacked by by viruses that get attacked by um, by by yeah really aggressive um, aggressive things. I think security is a big point for your CIO for your CEO um, and getting these two things together, saying okay, hey, look, we leverage cost savings, but we also leverage security and governance issues um, that should bring you at least a little appointment. Um, to talk about uh, what we have talked today about um, and, and and support you. One more very important point from my side is um, try to automate the things as as much as possible. Yeah, so automation is key because otherwise you will also be uh, known as the ones who is slowing down the business all the time. Yeah? Um, so try to automate as much as possible. Um, get some help by a by a tooling or by by something, um, yeah, what we do from the USU perspective by some catalog that that helps you to get these functions sorted out, that helps you um, to understand end of life, end of service, uh, end of service um, uh, things, and being able to, um, yeah, implement the portfolio in a proper way so that you have, um, yeah, on the one hand side the cost savings, the security and governance topics covered, but not slowing down your business um uh, to to use the to use the applications that's a really good point and, and it kind of you know it goes back to what we were saying earlier about itam historically being seen as the people who say no um equally you know i i, I talk a lot about things nowadays being at the the speed of cloud um you know if people are trying to deploy a new saas app that they can install or start using you know, in, in two minutes or they want to use something in Azure or AWS, uh, you know, which they can use instantly, but then they have to go through a process and it takes five days to find out, you know, if, if the thing is approved and da, da 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 They just won't do it. You know, they'll find another way. And, you know, I've been a, a, a user within a business, you know, they do find ways of... of getting around rules and things if users don't like them uh, so it, it's having that um balance of uh, you know speed and uh sort of guidance as well um and i think you know that is it's different for different people in different organizations um but your point about automation you know we i think every it asset manager that i talk to is already you know too busy you know they, yeah. they've got lots of things to do and sometimes we tell them you know on a podcast at one of our, our wisdom conferences we say you know this is something else that you should be focusing on or doing and you can see people thinking oh you know how where do i have the time um and, and you know your point about automation is is absolutely critical these days i i think you know that is what will enable all of us to do uh, you know more with with less or or more with the same in a best case scenario um and you know understanding i think that the whole process what do we need to do what do the what tools do we require what are the processes 
you know how can we automate it is it you know maybe you buy a third party tool which can do it or maybe your organization has a you know a, a robotic process automation department who you know who can help you automate things internally um, but i think yeah working out how you can set the policies and then not have to implement them manually every day is is the way forward um, that's so crucial and i know i know we are talking about this quite a while and about automation is a big keyword buzzword since, since quite a while but it's so crucial because i see every day that i get to the customer and they are telling me yeah we're doing this manually we're doing this manually we're doing this manually and I'm always asking why and yeah, we did it since ever. And you know, it's it's hard to automate. Yeah, it's hard to automate, but you it's it's a it's a chicken egg problem. If you don't start to the automation, you'll not have more time to 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 work on, on other Absolutely. And I, I think I when I've looked automation myself, the, the trap I've fallen into is you know, let's say something takes me 20 minutes to do but it's going to take me an hour to learn how to automate it and, and do it. In that moment, I think, well, I can save myself 40 minutes. I'll just do it myself. Yeah. Absolutely. But then, you know. Been there, been there. <laughs> but then when you look been at there. it, actually, I, I'm going to do this thing, you know, twice a week, every week, or eight times a month, or five times a month, whatever it will be. Then when you when you add that up, that one hour you know, it is is almost instant compared to the, you know, hundred and nine hours across the year or or whatever it will be, um, and, and I think sometimes you know for ITAM it is hard to have the time to step back uh, and look at these kind of things, um, but I would like to think, you know, with the things we've been talking today, if you can make that pitch to your your business leaders and say look you know if you can give me more more budget or if you can give me the money to outsource you know generating elps and uh, you know things like that to a tool or to a third party you know, that will give me the time to implement proper portfolio management which will then drive you know, these business goals, uh, as you were saying earlier, you know, it will help support our security team. It will help uh, maybe even, you know, our S&P credit rating. Um, it, it's, I think, a more business-focused approach to to, to solving those, those goals. Um, and I, I'm always aware that it's really easy for me to say these things on a podcast um, <laughs> compared to actually doing it in, in real life. But I, I think, you know, we, we've covered a lot in, in quite a short amount of time, to be fair to us. Um, that there's plenty more that, that we could talk about. And I think we probably will do in, uh, you know, future, whether it's more podcasts or conference sessions, etc., um but as a, a kind of final point fabian um people let's say you know people are listening and they think right yep I, i'm really enthused i want to go and do this when they stop listening to us what should they do first you know how should they get started with this 
I would say, look into your software portfolio, think about yourself. Do I know what's what I have and what is there? Um, and if they don't, if they don't know their risk, if they don't know what's what's happening within their within their IT asset management environment, yeah, really think about can we somehow automate it, give our business a, a good software portfolio and start an initiative to, to 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 think about software portfolio management. Yeah, that's absolutely what I would what I would recommend. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And I think I would say, you know, if you already have that piece covered, or, or once you do, um, you know, especially given that standards and poor report, you know, if you don't already have a good relationship with your security team. You know, go and go and talk to them. You know, find the common ground and say, look, you know, we're trying to implement this portfolio management. The benefits to you are X, Y, and Z. You know, can you support us? Can you help us? You know, maybe they've got budget for a tool, and actually, there's a tool that works for both of you, or you know, maybe they can give you one of their people for you know, two days a week so that they can help you implement certain things. I think building those internal connections will, will be very helpful. Um, and particularly security, it's likely that they have a stronger relationship with leadership than, than ITAM in, in many organizations. So they can help, um, you know, it's kind of social proof almost, you know, if, if security are talking to the leadership about ITAM and, and saying we need ITAM to, to help us, you know, that will um that will look positive for, for the ITAM team. So I think, yeah, you know, your your point first, once you've done that, build those security relationships. Um uh, and I mean, do you have, and this might be a you know, how long is a piece of string kind of question, Fabian, but do you have an idea if someone in an you know average organization, let's say they're ten thousand users. If they started a portfolio management um, initiative today, is there a way of saying it will take one year? It will take five years. Um, can can you give any guidance on that? Absolutely not five years. <laughs> that's way that's way too uh, that's way too much. No, so. As um as mentioned, as you can basically um yeah use uh, tools like ours uh from USU to support you in identifying what's there, understand what functionalities are used um and building up from there a portfolio. We normally think think about like three to six months till um yeah we have a you have a clear view on your portfolio. You have the possibility to see what's there, what functions are there. And then, as mentioned, um, starting the work from there, picking up the work from there, um, to continuously um, supporting um, your your yeah your software process by by automation and by technology to understand um, what are users requesting and how are they uh, or how is it integrated into your um, into your full process picture. So no five years, no one year. Um, uh, so it's there. There should be no hurdle to 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 start now to really. Um, yeah, leverage that that possibilities and and also gain the the return on invest on a on a very quick um uh, time manner. Awesome. I mean, that's the answer that I think a lot of people wanted to hear. Um, 
And, and you know, that return on investment is, is another great point that, you know, that's kind of how you need to talk about it with your your business leadership. You know, these are the, the benefits to the business. This is how much it will cost. This is the ROI. Um, uh, you know, and if you can put that together, then, um, you know, fingers crossed, you know, next year, everyone we talk to, you know, that, that has listened to the podcast, they'll all have uh, very successful portfolio management schemes, um, you know, and then once that's in place, then, you know, people can look at doing the same thing for, for hardware, incorporating new technologies as they appear. Um, but I think once you have that portfolio management in place, then, you know, new things can fit into it relatively easily because you, you have the processes already. Absolutely. Yeah. It's your 20 minute to one hour example, right? So uh, after three times you did it 20 minutes and you don't have to do the 20 minutes, then you're starting your return on invest uh, with, with the little task you described before. Absolutely. Um, so... Yeah, so that I mean that has been uh, a, a very interesting. I, I genuinely time flew by. I, I I didn't know where the time went. Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah. I think you you know we're we're already we've been talking longer than we we planned. I think yeah. you know there's uh, th there's definitely more that, that we'll have to save for the future. Um, but you know, so with that, you know, thank you very very much it's been wonderful uh talking to you about this and uh, i think so many great points and some great advice for the the audience so um thank you very much fabian thank it's been you wonderful. thank you for having me you've been a wonderful host um and uh maybe sometimes again <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, everyone who is listening to this, you know, thank you for your time. Uh, it's always appreciated. I hope you found this interesting and useful. And if you have any questions about anything that we've discussed or even anything that we haven't discussed, um, you know, absolutely get in touch with me. Uh, LinkedIn is probably the easiest way or you can you can email me. And I, I think I'm safe to say that, that Fabian, you would be equally happy for people to sure. get in touch with you. Absolutely. Also, you can find me on LinkedIn um, or um, just mail me via um, fabian.kuchera at usu.com um, or just at uh, visit our website, usu.com. You'll find also more information and um, yeah, happy to be in contact with any one of you. Awesome. So yes, yeah, so if, you, if you've got questions, you know, do get in touch. Um, but yeah, I think, as I said, thank you, Fabian. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And um, I will catch you all on the next podcast or webinar or conference. Uh, have a great rest of your day, everyone. I will speak to you all soon. Bye.